Nile Boylem into the next hour or so. And yes, it's snowing where I am. The first snows of the season. I'm pretty sure we'll be told that it's something to do with climate change. No, it's actually not. It's January. It kind of normally might snow around January, February. But uh, yeah, it's snowing where I am at the moment. I hope it's not too bad where you are. But Met Aaron, by the way, are predicting a lot of snow over the country over the next few days. Temperatures will drop. Yes, it's freezing. Speaking of climate policy, just before we get into our first topic, I thought this video was funny, apart from anything else. Uh, you know that, of course, um, Eamon Ryan and the Green Party and Dublin Bus decided, in all honesty, that they would try and save the planet. And by doing that, they would buy a load of electric buses. Now, of course, the whole first scandal of this was there was nowhere to plug the buses in. But this is the funniest part of the whole thing. Play the video. So there's the electric buses. Okay. There they are plugged in. Guess what they're plugged into? You actually just couldn't. You just couldn't make this up, right? Electric bus plugged into a diesel generator. I mean, what sort of madness is that? If that's not virtue signaling, I don't know what is. It's a crazy country. And the question we're asking today is, based on what JFK said many, many years ago, as not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. And we constantly complain Oh, that the government are failing when it comes to healthcare, housing, the cost of living, and more recently, of course, immigration. Yet, we are the people and seem to be doing very little, apart from going on social media, moaning about it and giving out about it, or coming on shows like this and giving out about it. And you're right, and that's the platform for you to do it as well. But God be with the days when 70,000 people back eight years ago, or is it seven years ago now for the water protest, marched down O'Connell Street. Oh, indeed, like the Germans are doing right now, the German farmers in particular, because they're not happy with climate policy and the way it's affecting their livelihoods. And you can see a little video of the Germans there. Not a bother. A few hundred thousand of them out on the streets. Making it known that they're not happy. And as you can see, they're not happy. If you have seen the videos of the German tractors and buses and cities all being blocked up at the moment. But Barry White wrote for News Talk, which is really unusual for News Talk to be on one side of the fence against the government. And it was a very fair piece by Barry White. But he talks about the Taoiseach's letter to the Sunday Independent. And we're going to get to that first in relation to immigration. Now, Leo said people who come to Ireland and apply for international protection are not illegal immigrants. They have a right to stay here until the application is accepted or refused, in which case they are deported and an order is issued. There's a lot of misinformation in there. Firstly, if they enter the country with no documentation, according to RTE, those right-wing devils, RTE this week reported that 75% of people coming to Dublin Airport don't actually have any documentation. They're destroying it somewhere. But if they don't have documentation under Irish law, they are breaking the law because it is illegal to enter the state with no documentation or passport or ID, which makes them criminals, essentially, and makes them illegal. So Leo is wrong. He said, if they do not uh, leave voluntarily, this is done forcibly. Again, this is incorrect, according to Barry White as well, and according to the Irish government, because only recently the Department of Justice said they had no idea how many people were leaving the country because they give them a voluntary deportation order and they don't follow up the numbers. So they don't actually know if they leave. Leo also said that we don't have open borders, that this is a myth perpetrated by the right wing. Well, we actually do have open borders. Can somebody show me anybody anywhere in the world that would be refused entry to Ireland at this very moment in time? There isn't any. Because, essentially, he talks about Northern Ireland being the only open border. 
the majority of people coming to Ireland as asylum seekers seeking international protection are actually coming from Northern Ireland. And the rest are coming in through Dublin Airport or other ports or in the back of a truck. And they don't get refused either. So we essentially, unofficially, do have open borders. But the question I'm asking you today, and I want you to text 85 100 It's not the usual question, do you agree with immigration or disagree with immigration or whatever it happens to be. But are we doing enough? Because you're going to go into an election before the end of this year, most likely. You're going to vote for a political party. And most likely they're all the same. So where does that leave you? Cheated? No, that's your responsibility. That's democracy. So what you have to do is you have to force a political party or some political party to make promises to change things. Because if we all just sit here and do nothing about it, they'll all just run with their own narrative anyway, get into a power, go back into the, in the elections next year and do exactly the same thing again. Yes, you can go for smaller parties or independents, and they may have different policies, but that's only because they want to gain your trust, I suppose. Will they change when they get into government? I hope not. But in saying that, it's up to you, the people. When we had a problem with water charges, what did the people do? They didn't go on social media and give out about it because social media wasn't as popular then anyway eight years ago. 70,000 people went out into a country peacefully, by the way, didn't burn buses or do anything silly like that, peacefully, and walked from Parnell Square to the government buildings. The following day, we were told that we wouldn't be charged for water, more or less. So it works. Democracy works when we do it properly. So I want to know, are we doing enough as people? Let me know what you think. The number is 85 Now, joining me is Patter Tobin, one of those smaller parties, but still becoming more popular with 4% of the, of the, uh, the poll, it seems. Uh, Patter, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, Niall. How are you getting on? Good. Patter, now, firstly, the letter Leo Varadkar wrote to the Irish Independent. A bit unusual, by the way, for a sitting T-shirt to be writing letters to the Irish Independent to try and clarify points which he made to grip media the other day. His own letter seems to be riddled with misinformation, and yet he's not taken to task for it. Yeah, no, it's, it's incredible. The Taoiseach is involved in the distribution of misinformation at the moment. You know, the government who has been, you know, warning people about the dangers of misinformation are actually the source of misinformation. And you've, you know, indicated a number of clear points where the, the letter was wrong. We in Aintu have done an, an enormous amount of research over the last six months, and we can point to about six or seven different areas where the, the, the T-shirt was but, wrong. Well, point to those areas. Let, let us know the areas that you found wrong in, in yeah. his So his the, the, the T-shirt says that those people who failed the asylum process uh, would be removed forcibly if they didn't leave. But that's simply not true, because we have got a dozen uh, parliamentary questions in from the Minister for Justice, who says that only 15% of the people who have a deportation order are actually forcibly removed. And the language that she used was that she doesn't know really what happens uh, to the other 85% of the people because some of them may have self-deported, um, but others, she doesn't know where they are. So that's a, a, a big mistake for any government to have an asylum process to differentiate between those who really need help and those who don't. And at the end, the actual uh, the end result for all of the people, whether they fail or don't fail, is the same, that they can pretty much uh, stay well, in Ireland. He, he says we have borders. a robust asylum system. I I find that difficult to read. That's the first piece of misinformation, that whole yeah. general statement that we have a robust asylum system. Um, the other yeah, point like, he makes is, is about open borders. I mean, yeah, that's so ridiculous. The, the open border stuff is incredible because, we again, we put in a parliamentary uh, question and 76% of people coming into the country are not uh, registering at uh, the ports or the airports anymore 
they're actually registering at the International Protection Office. And when I asked which routes do they travel into the country, the Minister for Justice says she doesn't know and she doesn't ask them at that point which routes they, they travelled into the country. So they either came in, as you said, through the north of Ireland or through visas that have gone out of date, maybe working visas or holiday visas, or they've been smuggled. And we saw last week the dangers of that uh, because people are coming through into the country on, on a smuggled uh, basis at the moment. You know, But, but the, they, but the they, worst they, part they, of that is that some of those people who were smuggled in last week, thankfully they were all healthy and they turned out all to be okay, although very dangerous route to take in a freezer truck. But thankfully they were all okay. But they then evaded on Garda Khan and disappeared. Um, and the Garda Khan's statement was that they're not looking for anybody and there's no criminal investigation. And I find this bizarre that if, and we've seen this in other countries, where when you ignore this situation and you allow that to continue, it just encourages more people to want to risk their lives to do that. Whereas other countries have taken positive action and said, well, no, if we find you in the back of a truck, look, we'll help you, make sure you're healthy, we'll get you to a hospital if you need be. But as soon as everything is okay again, you're going to be deported back to the country you came from because you can't do that. That's not the way you enter Ireland. But we're not doing that. We're not sending any strong messages that Ireland is not just a free-for-all. The message we're sending is, it is a free-for-all. No, it's, it's bananas. It's illegal to come into this country and not use the uh, the application process. And yet we have a number of individuals who have come through and then have fled and not use, used the, um, the, the, the proper asylum uh, process. Yeah. And yet there's been no efforts to, to pursue those individuals and make sure that they use the proper asylum process. So the government is sending a very clear message and uh, that the law is not implemented in this country. The Taoiseach also spoke about, you know, uh, criminal uh, records, for example. So, again, I've put in parliamentary questions uh, to the minister. The minister has said that the um, the only people who are checked really for criminal records are those who have a criminal record in the European Union. That's the only check. There's not in other words, there if they've come to the attention uh, of another European country after they've left their own country of origin. In other words, if they have a criminal record, you know, somewhere in, I don't know, the Congo or Nigeria or Albania or Georgia or whatever, we're never going to know about it. And the, and the other point here as well is, you know, the European Union does say that people have, workers have a right to, to move. Sometimes we make the mistake to think it's the, the movement of people, but it's actually the movement of workers. So people can move from one European country to another on the basis that they're going to work there. And they can spend three months, according to the law, looking for work and, and getting themselves sorted out. But after that, they're meant to actually, um, they're meant to fund themselves. The state doesn't have a responsibility to fund them. And yet we know from that horrific killing of Ashley Murphy that the, the Josef uh, Pushka had actually come to Ireland but had spent a decade on welfare. So we know that the Taoiseach is incorrect in, in relation to that as well. So there's a whole lot of... Like, he, he also mentions, by the way, was... that it was uh, another myth perpetrated by the right wing, because, of course, he loves talking about the right wing, uh, perpetrated by the right wing, that people are destroying the documentation on aeroplanes. So if people are getting on an aeroplane with documentation, I assume they have to produce documentation to get on the plane in the first place, and then don't have it when they're getting off. And we spoke to cabin crew on the show in the past who said they're destroying it on the on the aircraft. So 75% of them get off the aircraft with no documentation, but 100% get on with the documentation. Well, then what are they doing with it? According to Leo Varadkar, they're not destroying it. And this and this is this was like 5,000 people came to the country with no documentation last year. According to RTE, those writing... Those who came through Dublin yeah. Airport had no documentation. And, you know, everybody knows you can't get on a flight unless you have travel documents. You know, you, you just won't get through the, the necessary boundaries. And many of these are coming from European countries like, 
like uh, Paris and Berlin and, and Rome, etc. Mm-hmm. So, no, listen, we believe that one of the reasons why people are so angry across the country at the moment is because the government have really produced a very porous system in terms of uh, asylum. And, you know, that is not a sustainable system. It's not a managed system. Okay, but and it's is, not a but system the, but the point, that many communities okay. around the countries are willing to accept. But the worst part of this is, is that the, the one person who's constantly giving out about misinformation and other people giving out misinformation is Leo Varadkar and the Irish government. And yet they are perpetrating the misinformation. They're not communicating to the people. They think they're hoodwinking people when they're not, actually, because people know the truth anyway and they know what's going on. And, and thankfully, some of the newspapers, including RTE, by the way, uh, should we call them right-wing now as well, are also clarifying this information that he's putting out, which is incorrect. So, so how can we have a sitting government sit there and feed misinformation to the people, which is blatantly incorrect, and we're just supposed to accept that? So there's, there's two things there. So first of all, I, I do agree with you. I think the government have created this whole kind of idea of misinformation and they're labelling anybody who doesn't agree with the government in being uh, purveyors of this misinformation. And that's simply not the case. In a liberal democracy, the whole idea, the best way to function is that you have ideas that challenge each other. And, you know, the government are looking to limit or to have a chilling effect on people who seek to challenge the government. And that's a very dangerous issue. And, you know, Aintu will fight that issue tooth and nail uh, at all stages uh, in relation to that. And, you know, the, the second thing there to, to remember is, you know, that the government, I believe, are ideologically disposed to the paths that they're on, but also they're quite useless. So even the the elements, the, the, the protections or systems they've put into place, they have just been unable to put in proper protections and systems. And as a result, they are breaking down significantly. And, and, and the third issue is these ministers need to remember who they represent. And that's that's a, a major problem. Like we have ministers who are refusing to meet with communities across the country and they are employed by those communities to work for them. And yet they're giving the two fingers to those same communities uh, when they have major issues happening in, in, in their country. Okay, but the, but the question uh, the we're asking today is, sorry for interrupting, but the question we're asking today is, are we doing enough as people We see what's happening in Germany over the last five or six days, particularly with the farmers. And it's not just the farmers. There seems to be national strikes in general. Everybody's getting involved. But it mainly started off the farmers and climate policy and their livelihoods being destroyed and the promises that were being broken by the German government. And you're seeing hundreds of thousands of people out on the streets, roads being blocked, cities being blocked, traffic stopped everywhere. I mean, that's... And and thankfully, no trouble so far. No violence, no riots, no nothing. It's peaceful protests, as you can see from the video I played earlier on. And hopefully it'll remain that way. But, but is that what we're missing, that people go on social media now and think, I've done my bit, I've gave out about, you know, Patter Tobin or I've gave out about Leo Varadkar, I've gave out about whatever politician it happens to be, and that's it, I've done my bit now, I don't need to go out the streets. Has social media ruined protest? Yeah, I actually think social media has pacified, to a certain extent, a nation. So keyboard warriors don't change anything, and that's really important uh, for people to understand. And, you know, I, I don't know if people watch The Simpsons. There was, a, there was a show in The Simpsons when Homer Simpson ran for mayor. And his particular motto, his slogan for running for mayor was, why can't somebody else do it? Okay. <laughs> now, if everybody watching your show has the view, why can't somebody else do it? You can bet your bottom dollar. It will never get done. The only time things change is when people stand up and say, well, I will get involved in that change. And you know what? People look at, at the likes of, of, of Aintu representatives across the country and they see those 
ain't a representative as politicians or part of the political class. But you know what? I am just a citizen of this country like anybody else watching this particular show. I have no more responsibility for what happens in this country than anybody else watching this show. We live in a participatory republic. And that means every citizen is responsible for what happens in this country. And if you actually want change, it means you have to stand up and get involved. But, you know, we set up AIM2 five years ago. Now we have 1,500 members across the country. We have elected representatives uh, in, in areas across the country. And we gained 50,000 votes in the last election. We're currently polling, as you say, at 3 or 4%. And we are at the precipice of making a breakthrough in the local and European elections coming next June. And I have no doubt that, you know, inside the smoky back rooms of Fianna Fáil, Fine Gael and Sinn Féin, they're watching the level of votes that parties like ourselves are getting. And they're saying to themselves, we're not, we're not willing to lose votes to these people. If ain't to do well, we'll have no other option but to shift our position towards that direction. Oh, but so, can't we, we, know, surely, if, surely that's our job. When we, with respect to ain't to, you know, they're not going to be able to form a government, I don't think, in the next election. But hopefully uh, candidates will get through and, and will be public representatives. But in saying that, they're not going to be able to form a government. So realistically, we're going back to an election, probably to get the same government again or something similar, because they're all pretty much the same. So if, the only thing we can hope for is that if we actually do something, if we get out on the streets and protest peacefully um, and get the government to change their policy, because that's the only thing that's going to work. Because if we continue to do what we're doing at the moment, we're just going to have another five years of exactly the same thing. Well, I, I, I have spoken to people within Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael, and they are telling me the head office is getting phone calls in relation to these issues that we've been discussing, telling the government to cop on from their own members, from their own councillors. And they're saying that if you continue down this route, we're going to lose seat, seats to the likes of AIM2. And I will say to you this as well. You know, sometimes people talk about independence and there's some great independence out there. There are also some terrible independence out there. Uh, the truth be told, too. But the government have actually priced in votes for independence across the elections. So they know that, you know, they're going to, there's going to be 12, 13, 15 seats in the next doll that will be won by independence. But what they haven't priced in, what they can't abide, is losing three, four, five, six, seven percent of the vote in ballot boxes across the country to a political party like AIM2. That puts the fear of God in them. And if those votes are, are moving away from those parties into the future, not only will you see more AIM2 representatives at council in the Dáil, uh, in the European uh, Parliament, but you'll also force the other political parties to move in our direction because these guys actually don't believe in that much in reality. And if they see the wind blowing in a certain direction, they'll have no choice but to follow. Well, listen, thank you very much indeed. And I appreciate you coming on the Air to Talks with today. Pat Tobin, AIM2 leader, thank you very much. 